0: You know, just enjoy each other this week, and enjoy looking at each other, seeing the whole face, and, uh, and enjoy being in each other's presence. Enjoy being in God's presence. That's, it's, it's what we were meant to do. And so I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad you're saying, you know what? Let's get together and, and enjoy being with each other out in the woods. And uh, I hope that this is a great weekend where you connect with God, you connect with one another, and just enjoy getting back to some of the stuff we used to enjoy uh, in fellowship and, and other things. So it does my heart good to stand here and just look at you, believe it or not. I could just sit here and go, look at this, this is great. Heaven, uh, you're here, so I'm thrilled that you're here. This weekend, I want to talk to you about certain things that are on my heart, obviously through the years being here and thinking through what we have gone through as a country and looking forward. Um, I'm concerned about certain things for some reason. Um, you know, there are danger signals in life that it seems like we, we miss them. But there's signals all the time that warn us about things. But, but we miss the signal because we're not looking at it. Or we think that the signal doesn't apply to us. You know, I, I, I don't know how many times that silly warning light on my truck goes off. You know what I do with it? I ignore it. So I really hope the truck isn't going to blow up. In fact, I had a guy borrow the truck once, and he called me, goes, the, the light went on. I said, I don't know, don't worry about it. He goes, what is it? I, I don't know, but don't worry about it. <laughs> so if any of you are out there know what that means, please tell me. I have a Toyota Tundra of two thousand. 2001, and the light's on, and I have no idea what that means. However, I keep driving, and it drives great, so I, I'm not sure what the issue really is on it. But that's what I'm talking about. Men, we, a lot of times, we sit there and go, there's a warning signal, and we ignore it. And, and even though it says, warning, red light, bad, don't worry about it. Could be a health warning. I was in Walmart once, and all the alarms started going off. Nobody did anything person in front of me kept checking out. The next person checked out. I got up to the checker when this is when they had checkout people. And and I got up to the checkout person and I said, what is that? And he goes, I don't know. That goes off all the time. Oh, let's just ignore it. I no idea. The, The whole world could be coming to an end there and I'm not sure what's going on. Danger signals. You know, when I read the Bible there's just things that, that you read and you go, boy, you know what? This is the way things are supposed to be. there, But they're not that way. Maybe we ought to do something about it. Oh, pff, but maybe not. Maybe. So many times when I look at the Bible and I, I see Jesus, sometimes I wonder what he's thinking when he's looking at people. And now I'm not looking at Jesus looking, I'm reading it. Like the Sermon on the Mount, if you, if you remember in Matthew 5, it is whatever, wherever it is, it, basically he was looking at them, and then he started speaking. And I always wondered that little pause, he was looking at them. And I, I thought, I wonder what he was thinking. Of course, if the Sermon on the Mount, what he was thinking, then he told us what he was thinking. But it's interesting. Here's another, here's another verse that is intriguing to me. Luke 19, 41 and 42. And when he drew near and saw the city, this is Jesus. When Jesus drew near and he saw the city, he wept over it. There aren't that many times when Jesus weeps. And, and when, he, when he saw the city, he, he looked at the city. Now this is God. Okay, this is God who sees exactly things the way they really are. That's how he sees them. And when he looked at the city and he saw it the way it was, he wept. What did he see? What, what do I see when I look at our nation? What do I see when I look at the people at my church? What do I I see when I look at the students in NBI? What do I see? It's a valid question. What do you see? When Jesus saw, he wept, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that made for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes." He looked at him and thought, I wish you knew the things that would bring you peace in your heart. I wish you understood those things. Obviously, you don't. But there are things, there are things that bring you peace in your heart. And if you don't know what they are, I'm telling you something, it's tragic. Our nation right now, the depression, the anxiety, the suicides, I could almost look at our nation and say the same things. I I would weep over you because the the things that would bring you peace, they seem to be missing. Why are they missing? The, The thing that brings you peace is not there. Now, we can't push it there. We can't make it be there. I can't. But there's something that God has for people. There's a way that he meant it to be. There's a, there's a way that we can live where we experience peace in this life. Now, peace is, isn't something you go, you're happy about everything. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. Obviously, Jesus is weeping. I wonder when we look at our lives, we look at our neighborhoods, we look at our churches, I wonder what God thinks when he looks. I wonder when he looks at the evangelical church in the United States of America, I wonder what he thinks. I can't tell you that, honestly. But I wonder. I know in this particular passage, when he looked at these people, when he looked at the city, he really wished that they could understand the way it was meant to be and that they lived within it, that they understood the things that brought them peace. When I talk to anybody who's, who's living in an, in, in an anxious, upsetting way, I wish the same thing. I wish they could understand the things that would bring them peace. I really wish they would know who God is. Uh, my wife and I, a couple of years ago, wrote a, a book called My Shepherd. It's a, it's a family kind of devotional book on Psalm 23. And, 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 I, and I've always loved the idea of little sheep and how, how wolves and lions and everything hate them. Oh, well, they don't hate them. They love them. But they want to kill them. And it's, it's intriguing to me. They have no way to defend themselves. They have no way. They, have no, they, they didn't really go out there and tease the wolf to make them mad. All they did was get born one day and they're lambs. And now the wolves want to kill them. It's like, what did I do wrong? Nothing. Actually, it's everything you did right. You're very tasty. <laughs> so I want to kill you and eat you. It's like, oh, what's the defense? You know how that? You know how the lamb has peace? Just by staying by the shepherd. They'll never get peace if they're looking at the wolf. They'll never get peace if they're looking at the coyotes or the mountain lions or whatever else is out there. They're not going to get peace, man. They're only going to get peace if they stay by the shepherd. I can imagine the shepherd, the lamb's running off doing its own thing. Wolves are chasing it. The shepherd's going going after the wolf. Imagine eventually the shepherd looks at the lamb and goes, listen, I wish you'd just stay by me. Why? Because then you can enjoy life. Boom. I think sometimes you think God must look down at us and think, Why are you making it so complicated? Why don't you just stay by me? As a nation, why don't you stay by me? As an individual, why don't you stay by me? As a church, why why don't you just stay by me? Why don't you make that the goal? And and then you'll experience the peace that I can give you. What what are you trying to find peace in other than me? What what are you doing in life? Different. Different to try and get it without me. No wonder Jesus, he looked at the city, wept, he thought, you don't, you'd you love to have this peace that I can give you. You would love to have it, but you don't. Right now, it's not yours. There are so many times where there's warnings in life that we didn't listen to. I'm going to read some of this. I usually don't read things, but I want to get it right. The eruption of Mount Vesuvius in August 24. AD 79, killed a number of people and totally destroyed an ancient Roman city of Pompeii. All the victims of the eruption were caught unaware, although they shouldn't have been. They shouldn't have been unaware. There was all kinds of crazy things that were going on at this time. Water in the ocean was boiling. Streams were drying up. Little tremors were happening everywhere. Anyone that had any shred of common sense should have said, Something hot is happening. But, like me on the light on the dashboard, it's like, oh, the water just dried up. You guys know the, ois- the ocean boiling. Whoa, hot tub. It wasn't long before the warning signals, the rats, by the way, the mice, the animals were all fleeing. But not the people. Oh, if they would have only listened and seen the warning signals. They could have adjusted before it's too late. You know, a lot of times in our lives, we we think, well, it's never too late. And, And I hear evangelical people talk this way or used to more often say, you know what, God, you know, it's never too late. Read the Bible. There are times where it's too late. You didn't listen to what the, when you had the opportunity to listen and you had the opportunity to hear the warning signals, you ignored them and you ignored them and you ignored them and you ignored them. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, how did this happen? You didn't see it coming? You you didn't understand that this would happen if these things happened, that this was headed towards you? Well, Mount Vesuvius did erupt. The sinking of the British RMS *Lusitania*. I can't speak half the time, by a German U-boat during World War I. wasn't supposed to be unexpected or surprising. I didn't know this, but I I just read this recently. Since Germany ran several advertisements in the New York Times that they were going to do it. I didn't know that. Like I thought it was a tragedy. No, they ran ads warning us. I got to read it because I can't believe it. The New York Times warning of the ship's impending doom. The advertisements ran for several weeks until the morning of the day that the Lusitania left the United States. That day, it even appeared on the same page that informed people of the ship's departure back to England from New York. They put ads in there the very day that they were leaving. On the same page that told them when to go to the ship. The British government also warned the captain of the Lusitania to avoid areas around British shore where German U-boats were active, and that if he ever passed such areas, he should zigzag his way through. The captain received more warnings as he entered just such an area, but for some reason he ignored them. And he slowed the ship down. It's like, where's the U-boat? Let me slow down so I can get a good shot. He also stayed too close to the shore and refused to zigzag, all of which made the Luisitania a perfect target. The ship was torpedoed and 1,195 people died. What warning? The one in the New York Times. Why is it that when, when things are so clear, they're so clear, the warning is clear? Why do we ignore it? Isn't that weird? All right, one more. Pearl Harbor. The Japanese bombing of Pearl Harbor drove the United States into into World War II. Before the attack, Japan was known to be gathering intelligence on the U.S. military, carrying out reconnaissance operations along the U.S. coast. Three days before the attack, President Franklin Roosevelt was warned that Japan was staging an attack. He had the warning three days before. Long before then, General William Billy Mitchell, a former U.S. Army officer, had also warned that Japan would launch an unexpected attack on Hawaii. He was specific on where it was going to take place. The U.S. ignored all these warnings and was so confident Japan would never attack that they even put a that they even put a pilot who wasn't skilled in radar operations in charge of the radar station observing the part of the ocean from which the attack came. When the pilot was told, the guy looking at the little blips on the screen, when the pilot was told that some large blips, which could only mean that massive air fleet was approaching, he he, uh, had appeared on the radar, he told the operators not to worry about them. So we saw them on the radar. And there was a guy that said, oh, don't worry about that. They didn't. And 2,459 servicemen ended up dead. Danger signals. When you see blips on a radar screen in massive quantity, there's probably something in the air. And it's going to a certain place. Prepare for it danger signals are not the danger see that's the problem the danger signal isn't the danger that little light on my dashboard there's nothing wrong with my car drives fine I know I don't know what it is but I'm just telling you it's not the danger because I'm not broken down anywhere so the signal then becomes less and less important to me do you know how how callous I am to that stupid light now I turned it on. If it's not on, I go, where's the light? Because <laughs> it's normal that I have a danger signal that I ignore. I don't know that that makes any sense. And the more I'm thinking about it, i got to get that truck fixed. But danger signals, see, they're not the danger necessarily. It's the thing that they're warning us of that's a danger. So we have a tendency to ignore the thing that's the signal. But the signal is what can save us. You know, you read your Bible through. There's, there's very few surprises. If you read your Bible through, you know what, what God you, you know God created. God, God's going to end this thing. God, there's not that many surprises. There's all kinds of talk now. What's going on with the economy and what can happen worldwide? And you know, it's like read your Bible. In the end, I know who wins this thing. However. We also know that there will be a one-world government someday. We know that. Some people will come to me and say, you know, the, the, the world, is, you know, the climate's changing. I said, no kidding. The Bible tells us it's going to wear out like a garment. You're surprised that you live on an earth and it gets old because we're using it and it wears out? That's the way life goes. Well, We don't have to wear it out as fast. Don't wear your shirt. It won't wear out but if you're going to live on this earth, it's probably going to show some wear or tear. I I don't know what to tell you. I'm not saying be irresponsible. I'm just saying that really in life, when you read the Bible, you'll see there's all kinds of things that we're told about that are going to happen, that can happen, that will happen, and you start setting your life according to what the Bible says. Some of them are lookout signals. The problem again is we don't believe that this, Danger signals in life are really going to get us. I don't know how many people in the United States of America that grew up, my generation, I, comfort generation, I think. You know, we're, we're the World War II kids. We grew up in basking in the, the, the pleasures of what people fought for. The, the Industrial Revolution and the, the, all that good stuff. If you tell someone... Young people, they are so my age, oh, you know, things can change quickly. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Sure they can. No, they really can. Yeah, yeah. It won't happen to us, though. Hmm. There's a couple of things that I think healthy people need to do to be healthy. One is to recognize that there's a certain way things are meant to be. And we need to recognize when things aren't the way they're meant to be anymore because that's not the way they're meant to be. And when they're not the way they're meant to be, we're in trouble down the road. Uh, you know, in anything in life, it's, it's that way. The, there's light bulbs in these lights. They're, they're made to do a certain thing. They're, there's a certain thing that they're supposed to do. There's things that they're not supposed to do. Don't, don't put ketchup on it, put it between a bun and eat it like you did your hamburger. Right? That's not what they're meant to do. We don't use those for, you know, playing baseball. Why? Because that's not what they're, they make these things called baseballs that you use. But, but you don't use a light bulb for that because there's a way that they're meant to be and you use them for that and there's a way that baseballs are meant to be and use them for that. And when you use things the way they're meant to be, everything's fantastic because you're using them in the context of the way they're meant to be. So that makes sense. Now, this is way too simple. So when you, you, you start looking, and the step one to a healthy society, to a, to a healthy government, to a healthy church, to a healthy individual, is acknowledging that there's a way that it's meant to be. Now, you look at our culture. It's really hard to determine there's a way anything is meant to be. When each man does what's right in their own eyes, we see things deteriorating on a global scale and on a national scale. We begin to get confusion about marriage and gender. And in other words, we're saying there isn't a way it's meant to be, it's meant to be the way you want it to be. Wait a minute, that doesn't fit anything in life. It doesn't fit anything. This chair is meant to be a chair. It's not meant to be anything. I can't say it. That's not a horse. In fact, if you came in here and insisted that was a horse, I'd go, nutcase. Right? And you wouldn't disagree with me. Any guy that thinks that chair is a horse is a nutcase. How far do we apply that? Apply that I, I think in order for anyone to be healthy we have to start with understanding and admitting that there's a way it's meant to be because you can't be healthy if you want to live outside of it that's all that's not overly profound it's not crazy it's simple Second step, we need to recognize our vulnerabilities. Okay, there's a way it's meant to be, and then we have vulnerabilities. I don't know about you, but through my life, I've been through a lot of different diets. None of them actually work well. I know. It's my problem. But until I got one diet in particular. here's, Here's how it all worked one day for me. I, I was sitting there and I was just talking with God about it, going, no, there's no diets at work, God. And it's like, yeah, well, yeah. You know, I made food. Yeah, got it. <laughs> I made work. Yeah, got it. You know, you got calories, you burn them, you eat, you get calories. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, I got that simple stuff. Not only really that, I thought, you know what? God made real food. You know, real food. That's all. My dad died of a heart attack, had all kinds of issues. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, everything he was eating back then that, that was supposed to help him, my doctor told me to stay away from, from my heart. You know, he had to eat margarine full of hydrogenated oils and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, don't eat that. That'll kill you. We were told to feed it to him. You know what I concluded eventually? You know, God, you made things. And God probably said, oh, yeah, thank you why don't I just eat them like you made them, like real things, like carrots and beef, and I'll go hunting. We'll eat deer. And God said, good, that that probably works. You know why? Because I made that for you to eat. It's interesting. Sometimes, What we need to do is is just kind of look at our vulnerabilities in anything. If if there's a way it's meant to be, then there's probably something pulling us away from that. So what are the vulnerabilities? What are the things that we have to watch that are pulling us away? I'll I'll tell you what I wanted to do when I was about... 40 pounds heavier, I wanted to argue with the doctors and with my wife and with everyone in my family about the fact that poor me, I can't help it. I just gain weight by looking at food. You know what I was doing? I was denying the vulnerabilities. I was saying, I don't have a choice in this matter. I don't have a choice. I have to live this way. I was trying to to make sure that No matter what, the warning signals, the vulnerabilities, they weren't mine. You know, when I finally lost the weight was when I said, I own this. That's when I began to lose the weight and keep it off. In other words, I recognized, here's what's going to happen if I eat, you know, (laughs) when I was a kid, we do interesting things, but my mom made an angel food cake. She knew that was my favorite, but there was only one piece of an angel food cake. I could eat a whole angel food cake by crushing it into a ball and putting it in my mouth. I've always been a champion of food. I can eat food. Vulnerability. You can like food, but when you eat too much of it and you eat Fake food. See, something could happen. you got to admit that, okay, something could happen if I do that. See, that's the vulnerability part. So now I want to make a different decision. So if I understand there's a way it's meant to be, regardless of what, what I'm talking about, and then I understand that there's vulnerabilities, I can adjust my life to it. But if I don't believe I'm vulnerable at all, and I don't believe there's a way it's meant to be, where does that leave me? I do whatever I want, whenever I want, and it won't work. Third thing, we prepare for the inevitable. If you understand there's a way it's meant to be and you understand the vulnerabilities in life, you prepare for what's going to really happen. You you do know in life that things are going to happen that you cannot stop. I've gotten older. There's only two alternatives, I guess. You're not here, or you get older. when you get older i don't i'm not quite as smooth as i used to be on the old hips okay that's that's really the way it's meant to be and it is what happens and i need to prepare for it this world is going to wear out i am not going to be here forever one day i'm going to die my wife and myself most likely one of us will die before the other unless we get to go out of here together. But most likely, that's not going to happen. Most likely, okay, so these are things that that really are not going to surprise anybody who looks at what's really going to happen. And the timing may be a surprise. But see, in our minds, we're, we're looking at the way it's meant to be. We understand the vulnerabilities. We prepare for the inevitable. The fourth thing we do is we enjoy the faith Rest life. You say, well, that's an interesting one to throw in there. If you really understand the way it's meant to be, you can enjoy life today. And you enjoy it because you're enjoying it the way it's meant to be. Do you know that God loves you? If you know that he loves you, And you know he's got a plan. And you know he's the shepherd and you're the sheep. And you stay by him. You can enjoy the table he set before you in the presence of your enemies. Did you ever think about that line? Why don't you go and enjoy this feast in the presence of your enemies? They're all around you waiting to kill you. Why don't you enjoy it? Did you ever enjoy a feast while people are standing around you trying to kill you? But if you actually know the way life is meant to be and you live within it and you understand the vulnerability, so you're not running away from the shepherd, you're not doing that. You understand if you run away from the shepherd, you're going to be in trouble. So you don't do that. You understand the way things really are with those wolves and those, you understand that. So what you do is you look up at that old shepherd and you take a deep breath and you go, this is good grass, I mean... I think I'll take a nap. Faith, rest life. Faith, rest life comes from when you know the way it's meant to be. You've abided by the way it's meant to be. You rest in the way it's meant to be. The, when we're anxious and, and, and we're, we're depressed and we're angry, it's not a fruit of the spirit. It's for the evil one. That means we're thinking something that's not right. We got to go back to the scriptures and figure out what we're thinking wrong and get that adjusted. Psalm 1 1 and 2. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. How many hours have we spent listening to the wicked on news? How many hours? And then we wonder why we're anxious. How blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the path of the sinners or sit in the seat of the scoffers. This is this next line. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. You know, it, it, listen to news for a while, then open the Bible and read it, and your heart will go, "Ooh, nice!" Something that's true, something that's right. Now, I don't know. You, know, you may think you hate all news people. I don't know. I don't know anything I'm listening to, whether it's right or not. I, I, I have no idea. I took a course and when I my master's in education. We took courses on, on statistics, and the first thing the professor told us is statistics tell you whatever you want them to. And I thought, what good are they? News tells you whatever you want. Just pick the channel. You'll pick the channel you like and the people that say it the way you want it, and you'll call it news. We don't know what's, when you open a Bible, oh man, you can delight in that. That's truth. That, that's God speaking to you that's God telling you the way it's meant to be that's God convicting your heart getting you in life that's what you delight in and if anything this pandemic this, this pandemic that we've been through should be getting us to where we delight we, we see all the garbage we see all the I don't know what to believe don't ask me about anything don't ask me about the science behind it here's what I do know God loves me he loves you He's got a plan. He can bring you through this. Enjoy him. Enjoy him. That's what this verse is saying. That's what we do. We we don't listen to all the junk. Yeah, well, I I may not know what's going on. It's all junk. That's what's going on. People who don't know God are going to act like they don't know God. They're going to manipulate. They're They're going to use propaganda. They're going to get you to try and figure out what they believe and get you to believe it. That's what's going on. So God doesn't need to manipulate. He doesn't need to use propaganda. He doesn't need to do any of that. He doesn't even need to say, I need to be convincing. He's right. Just go to him. Read. Open the Bible. Blessed is the man. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his life he meditates day and night. You know how refreshing it is to have your mind go into the things that are true? It's wonderful. I don't, I, no matter what young person I look at, we get a lot of kids that come through here. No matter what young person I look at, I look at them and think, oh, man. God made you. Got a plan for you, man. I don't know what it is, but he made you. He's got a plan for you. I hope you know that. I hope you know he's got a plan. You aren't a mistake. Do you know that God loves you? And you've heard me. If you've been to these retreats before, you heard me. I'll say, you know, God loves you. You say yes, and I can go, then act like it. See, that's it. That's the stuff. There's really power and authority in truth, and there's appearance of power and authority in lies. That's the difference. One is actually power and authority and once, is the once has the appearance of power. I tell you, we can have a, a, a president, a congress, whatever, fill in the blank, stand up and I am an authority and I think, oh, God's the only authority. You, my friend, the Bible tells us this. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and like rivers of water, he moves it wherever he wishes. That's how much power and authority you have. You have as much power and authority as Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, he had power and authority, all right. He just couldn't burn Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up. There's a certain amount of power and authority, certainly. But real power and authority belong to truth. Imagined power and authority. Think, think of of Nebuchadnezzar standing there. I'm a big guy. Everyone has to listen to me. I have power and authority and God going, try and burn them. Go ahead, try. Burn them. Get it hotter. Get everyone looking. This is going to be one embarrassing moment for you, Nebuchadnezzar. Why? Because you have zero power and authority. And I'm going to demonstrate that today. You do realize one day, God, my heavenly father who loves me, who sent his son for me, who gave me a position to be in his family, one day he wins. And I'm his kid. And I win with him. That's the way it's meant to be, by the way. I don't have to get lost in all the politics stuff. I don't have to. You know, pagan politicians are gonna act like pagan politicians. So when they do, I shouldn't go. It's like, no, that's what they do. They need Jesus. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the way it's meant to be. God did it. That has meaning to it. You know how simple this is to understand? You know how man complicates it and tries to sound sophisticated? Sophisticated. No, you don't understand. The earth started as, uh, well, as, uh, we don't know. But it started as something. Yeah, right. Let's get it more complicated than that yet. I'm not saying we understand how God does everything. We don't. That's not in our, that's not something we have to do even. I don't need to understand how God does anything. I don't need to do that. Here's what I understand. God created. I go, boom, mind blown, But that's what he did. In the beginning, God. Not in the beginning, Dave. Not in the beginning, anybody else. But in the beginning, God. That's the simple truth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was at the beginning with God. All things were made through him. All things were made through him. Everything was made by God. God. think of how much our nation has tried to move away from that, from the idea that there's not only, not only is there a God, but that God is the creator and sustainer of life. That's how it's meant to be right now. So if we move away from it, the danger signals were years ago when schools started to say, no, that we're not going to, that creation stuff we're going to stay to science Genesis 1:26 to 27 and God said let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock let us make man and you know what we'll do we'll make man unique he won't be like anything else men will not be like trees And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. I love this verse. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So he made it he made it man out of clay. So we're this lump of dirt. And the only thing that made us alive was the fact that God put his breath in us. Wow. Sounds intentional. And when the breath leaves us, we go back to that dirt. Because he's the creator and sustainer of life. The biggest danger signal that we face as individuals, as a nation, as a church, is not acknowledging the creator of the universe as creator, sustainer, the one who loves us, who made us, who gave us a choice to love him. When we start seeing that as normative behavior in any culture, degeneration will take place because our minds know that if there is no creator, if we're all accidental, if whatever it might, all of a sudden... We're big accidental blobs of protoplasm. So we start living like that. Dangerous signal when the simple truth of creation becomes complex. You know, in the past, we were taught the theory of evolution that was allowed in schools. Do you know how complicated it is to try and understand evolution? One thing I keep telling the NBI students all the time is truth is really simple. The, The basic truths are simple. Once they get complicated, it's no longer truth. Oh, it's not that there aren't complicated things behind the truth. There are, I mean, the simple part: God created the heavens and the earth. The complicated part I don't know how he did it. That's I don't know how he did it. The simple, he did it. it the past, the theory of evolution, allowed in schools. What should we expect? If all of a sudden we have a culture that says we need to teach this, that that things happen by accident, that should have been a warning, danger signal right away. That what was going to happen down the road is that people would start to ignore God, and not only would they start to ignore God, they would believe that they're accidents. Well, that might lead to a severe case of depression, anxiety, and suicide. Purposelessness. The present, because of that, marriage, family, redefined, gender, confusion, different is bad. Do you know the Bible always says different is good? Body principle, arms, elbow, knees, good. Good that it's different. confusion starts to reign because because everything's an accident, now we're trying to arrange them on the board of accidents and make it work. So marriage can be anything because it's an accident anyway. Men and women, genders can be anything because they're not meant to be anyway. They just kind of accidentally went these directions somehow. You know what's really different is when we read the account that's in the scriptures that God made male and female. God's not a God of confusion. This isn't confusing. That's a chair, not a horse. This isn't confusing. There's a huge danger signal when anyone, any church, any person begins to think you can call yourself whatever you want. You can have whatever purpose you want. None of that stuff matters. You can do No, it does. It gets overly complicated. The future, if this continues, the future will have chaos rules as each man does what's right in their own eyes. You look in the Bible, the book of Joshua is the book of victory. The book of Judges is the book of defeat. The key line for the book of Judges, each man did what was right in their own eyes. There's no possible way that a culture where each man does what's right in their own eyes will last. I would challenge you to go back and look at our founding fathers and how they despised democracies because they said it would degenerate into a society where each man would vote and do what is right in their own eyes. That's why we're a republic because they said it wouldn't work. We hear a lot about uh, the word science today. Really science, if you understand science, what it is, it can be a grand thing because it's a continual discovery process of how God made us, the way it was meant to be, how the universe fits together. How the, it, it's ever, forever, forever you can learn that's how creative and wonderful God is. That's what science should be. Now we don't even know what the word means, but we to say well, science backs this. Even with the pandemic, nobody knows what science means anymore because you can find scientific studies to say whatever you want about masks, about vaccines, about... You can find them. So I guess you're going to pick one that you trust If you're going to use that, you're going to pick one you trust. To say that science is something that's reliable, that we can trust in, in today's culture, is ludicrous at best. Not because science, the way it used to be, didn't work. When I go and I I talk to a doctor about some of the wonderful things they're doing, whatever it is, I look at some of that science and I'm amazed. I'm amazed that they can operate and do that. You know, they, they're putting like these little holes in people's shoulders and doing things and fixing them. Great. They discovered something how to do Cool. I, I'm not against that. But when we start throwing the word science around to just shut other people up, to say what you believe in doesn't fit science. It's like, what do you do? What do you mean by that? Science is where you ask questions, where you honestly look for truth, where you look for. Guess what? What, what you're looking for is the way it is meant to be in science. See, what, what they, the reason they can operate on a shoulder, and knee, is because they studied the way it's meant to be, and then they look at it on these picture things that they get. And they go, oh, that's not the way it's meant to be. we got to remove this thing and move that over there and do this and that and that and that. Why? Because we got to get back to the way it was meant to be. That's science. Science isn't, we're going to do it any way we want to do it. That's not science. We need to be careful because science is being misused. And And people who think, I'm going to, show you how intellectually I am I'm going to use the word science. Mm, not, not how it works. You'll see throughout my slides there. I'm going to have those initials, T-W-I-I-M-T-B, which is basically a short version of the way it is meant to be, because it's so critical. The way it's meant to be is never complicated. Science is observing the simple, and recognizing the complex and praising the Creator, we 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 recognize that there's a simple, there's a complex, and there's somebody—the light bulb. Simple gives off light. I recognize that you screw it in, got electricity, got the simple part. Okay, so as I go through and I see, okay, that's the simple. The complex, man. Do you, Do you know how much science studying about electric current, glowing things, goes into a light bulb? So I I really appreciate the guys who put all that effort into it, the engineers and whoever. You end up appreciating. Do you ever see something that that simply you can understand and complex-wise? At the end, you go, wow, you made this? You're pretty smart. You figured this out. Elijah, I'll close with these ideas, but I loved how he used the complex to focus on the simple and the way it was meant to be. You remember the people, they they weren't worshiping God. All right, well, God, you know what? They depend on the rain, so why don't we just stop it? Here's the complex. How are you going to stop the rain? Here's the simple. I'm talking to God. He focused on the simple, not the complex. God, stop the rain. He did. God did. I, I loved it. Then, then Elijah, answer me, O Lord. He said later. Remember, he gathered all the prophets there on Mount Carmel, and he, you know, these guys don't know you, God. See, the problem all along, because he identified the problem, the problem all along is they really don't know God. Because if they knew God, they wouldn't be doing this. God, they need to know who you are. So, hmm, they have, they have a rain God. He's my God. God, stop the rain. we got to show them you're the God. Stop the rain. Then, okay, let's gather all these prophets. And let, let's... God, let's do a sacrifice thing. Can you? Oh, I know you can. All right, here's the deal. You guys can pray to whatever gods you want to. Slash yourself, run around, scream, do whatever you need to. Ask your God to bring down, you know, fire and burn the sacrifice up on that altar over there. I'll wait till you're finished. When you're all done, I'll ask God to do it. What was Elijah doing? Was he, was he really a man of faith or is he just a sheep who knew the shepherd? You know, some, sometimes I think we, we, we say, oh, this guy here, he, he really can do that because he really, all of us can know God. All of us can be sheep and know God. We can know the way it's meant to be. We can align with the way it's meant to be. Elijah was saying, you don't know God. Okay, that's not good. No, let's try this. And and so they did their routines and slashed themselves and were sincere and all that stuff, and it didn't work. And then Elijah says, hmm, you know what? I know this. I know if I douse this thing with water, that'll be harder, and you'll be able to see God better. So let's douse it with water first. Let's just make this harder first. Because actually, in the simple of it, doesn't matter what I do to a God can consume it with fire. It's not going to matter. So, making it look complicated to you is not a big deal because it's simple. So, he went and he doused this thing with water, water all over the place. And then I love his prayer. Just listen, I, I, it's 1 Kings 18. And the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, Israel, let it be known this day that you're a God in Israel and that I'm your servant and that I've done all these things at your word. Simple, God. God, what do these people need to understand? I'll give them a list. No, here's what they need to understand. It's your God. That's it, pretty much. What about you, Elijah? I'm just his servant. So if they understand me at all, that's all they got to know about me. I'm his servant, you're God. Simple. Let them know this day. You know, this verse is one that i memorized and I, I often repeat it. Before I go meet somebody or doing something, I say, God, let them know that you're God today. Let them know it. Somehow let them know it today. God, I'm your servant. Just let them know that you're God because that's the only important thing in life. It's not even important that you know I'm his servant. It's important that you know him. So let, let them know today. Answer me, Lord. Answer me. Why? That these people may know that you are Lord. <laughs> That's all I want, God. I just want them to know. They need to know that you are God. That's as simple as it is. And if I look at our nation today, like, God, they need to know that you're God. President Biden, he needs to know that you're God. Like whoever else is, in power. They need to know that you're God. I prayed that, now Aaron Rodgers took over the news yesterday or something, and I was praying, God, he needs to know that you're God. See, it's not about straightening them out, God, we gotta do this, we gotta do this. No, they just need to know that you're God, because people who know that you're God act like you're God. They can start aligning their lives with the way it's meant to be. That, that's all. Let's make this simple. I know God may use me in the complex to show the simple. Because as soon as Elijah got through praying, fire fell from heaven, things are gone. It's like, cool. They knew that God was God after that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know their prayer? Let King, know that you are God. Let them know you are God. Let's go in the furnace, boys. Whoa, that's it. Yeah, because knowing that God is God, it's the ultimate, simple, first requirement before we can ever be the people we're supposed to be. As a nation, as a city as a church, as an individual, step one. If I don't know that God is God, I will never be okay. We as a people will never be okay. That's the only issue. So here's what I promise you. Our nation and those that don't know God will do everything they can to stop that one truth from being known. They tried it with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Didn't work. Only because they listened to God and wouldn't bow. That wasn't hard. God didn't give them something they couldn't do. He said, don't bow. They didn't. Daniel, he prayed. Not overly complicated. Just prayed. Elijah. A little more, it seems complicated. It said, don't rain. Didn't have a fire fall down. It did. What's going to happen to our country? I don't know. That's not for me to say. I do know this, though. I I know who God is. My family knows who God is. I want you to know who God is. And let's see what he does. It's really up to him to change the heart of the king. I don't know the king. So it wouldn't be for me to do that. It's up to God to do that. My job is to stay by him. And the wolves will circle, and the lions will circle, but they don't have a chance when I stay by him. And in the end, we'll see that God reigns. As we look at our nation, we might weep, just as Jesus did because our nation today doesn't know what brings peace but if we know what brings peace we should live in the context of that so that we can be demonstrable we can demonstrate to them what simple looks like and it's simply knowing God and loving him we can do that can't change anything else maybe but I could do that And I invite you to join me doing that. Let me pray.